Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Inflation. Prices are not coming down as Americans continue feeling the pain. How's the Biden administration reacting to the latest numbers and what are lawmakers telling us about their response? NTD's Iris Tao has more. Americans looking for relief from inflation did not find it in June. The Labor Department said Wednesday the consumer prices jumped 9.1 percent last month compared to the same time last year. That's the fastest annual increase in 40 years. And Americans are feeling the pain. Gas prices were up 11.2 percent last month and almost 60 percent over the past year. Yet President Biden, issuing a statement shortly after arriving in Middle East, calls June inflation numbers out of date, citing a recent drop in gas prices. And the vice president echoing him. Average national gas prices have fallen every day for nearly 30 days. But Republicans are not buying that. He said that same thing when I put this similar chart up months ago. It hasn't changed. Yeah, there's been a small tick down in the gas prices, but they are still the major driving force here, and they're still above $5 a gallon. Other GOP senators accused Biden of overspending while pointing to increasing domestic oil production as solution to high gas prices. And provide a, some real relief uh, to American consumers if we would just uh, produce more energy here at home. And the higher-than-expected numbers will likely give the Federal Reserve a green light to continue with its aggressive rate hikes to cool off the economy. And the next hike, which is widely expected to be another three-quarters of a percentage point, could come as soon as later this month at the Fed's next meeting. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. The government is now scrambling to figure out ways to put out the fire of record-high inflation. One move reportedly being considered by the Biden administration is rolling back some of the Trump-era tariffs on Chinese goods. Earlier, I had a chance to ask a group of Republican senators if they supported this move. There was a report called a Section 301 report that was done on China's practices in, with regard to trade. And it was determined that China was not playing by the rules, was subsidizing uh, with dumping and other unfair trade practices, and therefore these tariffs were, were put on. China has not changed its behavior. And in fact, the phase one agreement that was negotiated uh, between the previous administration and China has not been fully implemented as a result. So my concern is that we don't want to send the message to China and, and frankly to other countries around the world that when countries are found to be unfairly trading, there's not going to be a consequence. And when they make a commitment to do something, as they did in phase one, uh, and don't complete it, that we should not reward that. So my hope is that we don't do a wholesale uh, elimination of the tariffs, but rather look at it on a case-by-case -case basis, which we did during the last administration and do not do in this administration, which is to have what's called an exclusion process, where, as an example, if the product being imported from China is not otherwise made here in the United States, that might be a good candidate for reduction or even elimination of that tariff because it's not helping American workers. But on other products, where there's direct competition with American workers and where it's being unfairly traded, that's not a level playing field for American workers. I think we have to be very careful there. Also, I've looked at the impact on inflation that it would have, and it's, it's, it's minimal. It's minimal. Well, it, it's, it's ironic. Uh, the Biden administration says we're 
struggling to be able to produce enough oil, and so let's go to Saudi Arabia and get more oil. We're slowing down on manufacturing, and so let's go to China to get more manufacturing. Mm -hmm. If there's any lesson that we should have learned during the time of COVID is that we cannot be dependent on the communist Chinese government on our supply chain. And this president that repeats over and over again, let's do made in America, made in America, is now trying to be able to deal with the inflation problem that he has caused and his policies have caused by going to China to be able to make us even more dependent on China long term. We need to have a policy that does work towards making things in America, that deals with the regulations that he doesn't want to reduce, that deals with the production issues that he doesn't want to deal with. He should make it easier to produce in America, not easier to be able to actually go get from China. That's a better long-term solution for us. So he's trying to solve a real problem that he's created by creating an even bigger problem for the United States long-term running back to China to be able to resolve this problem now. So let's resolve it by dealing with the regulations here and ask the simple question, why are we going to China to get something done when we should be actually asking the question, why can't we do it here? Let's deal with the regulations that would actually resolve it here. President Joe Biden today arrived in Israel kicking off his Mideast trip. The White House hopes to bring Israel closer to Saudi Arabia and to convince the Gulf allies to pump more oil. This is Biden's 10th visit to Israel, but his first time as president. It's also his first time on a foreign trip embracing one of former President Trump's legacies, the Abram Accords, which normalized relations between Israel and several Arab countries. We have reaffirmed the unshakable commitment of the United States to Israel's security, including partnering with Israel on the most cutting edge defense systems in the world. Biden met with Israel's defense minister, among other leaders, to discuss missile defense systems. During his two days in Jerusalem, followed by a visit to Saudi Arabia, Biden aims to broker an agreement to get the two nations closer to normalization in order to tackle Iran's nuclear threats together. He also wants to convince the Saudis to pump more oil because of rising prices back here in the United States. Countering aggression from China and Russia, is also on the agenda. What is President Biden trying to accomplish on his first trip to the Middle East since taking office? And how is the U.S.-Israel relationship going at the moment? Arya Lightstone, former senior advisor to the U.S. ambassador to Israel, joins us to share his perspective. Arya Lightstone, thank you so much for joining us in the Capitol Report. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Arya, I want to just get your thoughts. Uh, President Biden making his way to the Middle East. Uh, what is the current state of relations between the United States and Israel? Well, let's try to understand the way it should be, which is divorced from politics and based on policy. Uh, the United States doesn't have a better friend in the region than Israel, and Israel does not have a better friend in the world than the United States of America. That should be the policy, and it needs to be the policy. On occasion, politics interfere with that. What do you think President Biden uh, will be trying to accomplish uh, on this trip? Well, what he should be accomplishing is reassuring our allies that we will stand with our allies no matter what, no matter when, and we'll stand against our foes no matter what and no matter when. But the basis of that is how you feel about Iran. And if you're trying to run back into an Iran deal with a entity that cheats and lies and is pursuing nuclear weapons in order to fulfill their chance of death to America, death to Israel, then it becomes a fairly superficial relationship if you're not going to stand strong against enemies that are openly advocating for the destruction of your allies. 
Now, do you see um, Iran being something that both Saudi Arabia and Israel can kind of rally around and, and, and come closer uh, together? And, and where are some of the roadblocks versus the commonalities? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it, it would be nice to have a relationship that's not based upon a common enemy. It would be nice to have a relationship based upon common goals and peace and prosperity throughout the region. And I think we will get there. The Abraham Accords, which I write about in my book, Let My People Know, is about how we create, and when I say we, I mean Jared Kushner and David Friedman and Avi Berkowitz and Mike Pompeo, created a platform that enabled countries in the region that are our close allies to work together to create peace and prosperity across the world. Uh, those accords are not done. They need to be invested in, they need to be expanded, they need to be extended to cover the entire Middle East. And it's very simple. Either you're with the good guys or you're against the good guys. And if the United States of America leads on that specific policy, the rest of the countries in the region will fall in line. We've just taken a pause from leading on that policy. Now, is the so-called two-state solution that uh, President Biden talks about, he's mentioned that he, he'd like to address that uh, when he arrives in Israel, which he already has, um, a non-starter for the Israelis, would you say? Well, he stated it uh, upon landing, and that elevates the Palestinians in a way that they don't deserve elevation. Uh, when uh, Jared Kushner and President Trump put out the peace to prosperity, vision for peace, known as the deal of the century, it sort of outlined basic things that the Palestinians need to do to come to the table to aspire to statehood. They not only haven't done any of those, they've dismissed those as things that they don't even need to consider, which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, they still incentivize what's called martyr payments, which is really incentivizing uh, their people to kill and brutalize Israelis. Uh, and when we give money to the Palestinian Authority, that's where the money goes. Money is fungible. And there is a world where you can have two people living side by side, but there isn't a world where you can do that when one country is determined, one, when one pe people is determined to destroy uh, one of the countries. So the, the, the foundations are not anywhere near set, and, uh, and this administration seems to want to elevate uh, a people that have not yet decided that they want to come to the table for something that's meaningful. Arya Lightstone, thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.